So, here we are again with an episode of Footsteps of the Messiah. Again, we are sitting in the Sukkah. So, we shall see if anybody shows up. There's nobody here right now, but it is so beautiful and so enjoyable. Perfect weather. So, let's get started. Uh, this is going to be a slightly different episode. I'm going to be sharing a teaching from one of my uh, esteemed teachers. And I want to give credit to him. So, Thank you, Avi. Uh, this teaching is called Learning to Live with Insecurity. And this is uh, connected to the, Hebrew, uh, the Jewish or Biblical festival of Sukkot. Um, now, a word we're going to use in this teaching is, is called a baraita. So I want to share what a baraita is. A baraita means outside and refers to legal discussions and commentary written around the same time as the Mishnah, but not included in the Mishnah. There are many collections of Baraita, including Baraita Demelechet Hamishkan. Collections of Baraita um, can be found that are, you know, a variety of, of teachings. So, um, it looks like here also that... Um, it's a legal historical document, legal or historical document that was not integrated into the Mishnah of Yehuda Hanasi. Um, these place, these pieces were written by rabbinic scholars who lived during the time of the Mishnah. So, let's go ahead and get started. So, uh, Vayikra 23 states, You shall live in booths seven days. All citizens in Israel shall live in booths or Sukkot in order that future generations may know that I made the Israelite people live in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I the Lord your God. So, first reference we're going to look for is in, or look to, is the Babylonian Talmud tractate Sukkot 11b. By the way, in the, in the Babylonian Talmud, there is a tractate entirely dedicated to Sukkot. It is taught in a Baraita that the verse states, I made the children of Israel to reside in Sukkot. These booths were clouds of glory. This is the statement of Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Akiva says they established for themselves actual Sukkot. Going over to the Ruch HaShulchan, the Orechaim 625, Rabbi Yechiel Michel Epstein, who lived from 1865 to 1905. Uh, part 1 is a positive biblical commandment to sit in the Sukkot for seven days, from the 15th of Tishri until after the 21st of Tishri. For it is written, and Parashat and more. Vayikra 23, verse 34, on the 15th day of the 7th month is the feast of, Mish, uh, feast of Sukkot for seven days unto the Lord. You shall dwell in booths seven days. All that are homeborn in Israel shall dwell in Sukkot. That your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. Vayikra 23, verse 42 through 43. Part 2. As it is taught in a Baraita that the verse states, I made the children of Israel to reside in Sukkot. These booths were clouds of glory. This is a statement of Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Akiva says they established for themselves actual Sukkot. That's the second time Rabbi Akiva comes in and says that. And also the second time that we see Rabbi Eliezer quoted with the same statement. According to the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer, of course we have to make a commemoration of this great occurrence, that God protected them with the clouds of glory. But according to Rabbi Akiva, who says that the meaning of Sukkot is literally booths, what great thing is this that the Torah should command, in order that future generations may know that I made the Israelite people live in booths? 
The explanation is this. Because of this, we are commanded to make Sukkot similar to the Sukkot that they made for themselves in the desert in order to reveal and publicize through the mitzvah of the Sukkah the praise of Israel in the desert. They were such a numerous people, men, women, and children, tens of thousands in a place where the nature is not hospitable for humans to be in. So, let's go to Jeremiah 2.2. 2. And we're going to read this for context. Go proclaim to Jerusalem. Thus said the Lord, I accounted to your favor the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. So, the next quote is from Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, a message for Sukkot 5774. That's eight years ago from this Sukkot from Rabbi Sachs. If the Sukkah represents God's clouds of glory, where was the loving kindness of your youth? What we just read in Yirmiyahu 2.2. There is no sacrifice involved if God is visibly protecting you in every way and at all times. But if we follow Rabbi Akiva and see the sukkah as what it is, the temporary home of a temporarily homeless people, then it makes sense to say that Israel showed the courage of a bride willing to follow her husband on a risk-laden journey to a place she has never seen before. A love that shows itself in the fact that she is willing to live in a hut, trusting her husband's promise that one day they shall have a permanent home. If so, then a wonderful symmetry discloses itself in the three pilgrimage festivals. Pesach, Passover, represents the love of God for his people. Sukkot represents the love of the people for God. And Shavuot represents the mutuality of love expressed in the covenant at Sinai, in which God pledged himself to the people and the people to God. Sukkot on this reading becomes a metaphor for the Jewish condition, not only during the 40 years in the desert, but also the almost 2,000 years spent in exile and dispersion. For centuries, Jews lived not knowing whether the place in which they lived would prove to be a mere temporary dwelling. To take just one period as an example, Jews were expelled from England in 1290 and during the next two centuries from almost every country in Europe, culminating in the Spanish expulsion in 1492 and the Portuguese in 1497. They lived in a state of permanent insecurity. Sukkot is the festival of insecurity. And think about it, friends. The sukkah is not permanent. Uh, people have had Sukkot blow over. People have had Sukkot, uh, you know, blow in the wind and, 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 you know, part of it falls, you know, falls into the yard or the roof blows off or, you know, God forbid anyone be, be hurt in a sukkah. But uh, this happens and, and it's only to last for seven days and then you take it down. So God willing, it'll stand up. The roof is temporary. I mean, you're supposed to see stars through the sakhach, through the roof, for it to be a kosher uh, sukkah. So uh, the, the roof is, is just branches. So it, it's really, you know, you, you, it's ideal to pray when you uh, live in the sukkah, when you eat in the sukkah, when you sleep in the sukkah, that God will protect you. Uh, incidentally, we don't pray for rain until after Sukkot, until the eighth day and onward. Uh, so that it won't rain on us during Sukkot, even though, you know, it does happen. So, the last section uh, is, that we're going to read is from the Aruch HaShulchan, the Orech Haim 625. And this is what the Tur says. The Tur was a, an author. And even though, or a writing, um, even though we left Egypt in the month of Nisan, 
we were not commanded to erect Sukkot at that time because it is the days of summer. And it is normal for everybody to build booths, Sukkot, for shade. And it sh would not have been obvious that we were doing it for fulfillment of a mitzvah. And therefore, we were commanded to do it in the seventh month, which is a time of rain. And everybody is exiting from their booths and returning to their homes. But we are leaving this house, the house to dwell in the Sukkot. An additional reason why this mitzvah is in Tishri, that's the seventh month, seventh month on the Hebrew calendar now, the biblical calendar, and not Nisan, the first month, is because God wanted to show us that even though we have sinned, still God's protection has not turned away from us. And in His shade, we are dwelling. Just as after the giving of the Torah, they made the golden calf, the Egel Zahav, and despite this, God, despite this, God granted them a second set of Luchot, the commandments, the tablets, and that was on Yom Kippur. And after Yom Kippur, God commanded us to build the Mishkan, the tabernacle, that God would dwell among us. So, lots of tie-ins to Pesach and Chagamatzah and Sukkot, to the pilgrimage festivals, and Sukkot is the epitome of insecurity, of temporary dwelling. And uh, if we jump over to uh, the book of Yochanan, that is John chapter 1 verse 14. And the Word was made flesh, the, the Torah made flesh is Yeshua. It, it, he, the Torah was made basar. Basar is flesh in Hebrew, but it also means good news. And dwelt among us. It sukkahed among us. It became temporary in an earthly form, in a flesh container, in a human body that was immediately withering and dying one molecule, one cell at a time from birth. The Word dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Begotten just means born of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Yeshua... Um, we beheld Yeshua's glory, His kavod, the glory as of the only begotten, the only born of the Father, full of grace and truth. And and Sukkot, the, the Sukkot and, and the Sukkah is about glory. It's about the glory. We call the glory cloud, the the cloud that led them in the desert and and turned into a pillar of fire by night. So lots of fascinating connections to Sukkot and why some look at it as the festival of insecurity. So, we are secure in God. We don't get our security from the flesh or from man or from the sukkah. But it is a reminder that all the work we've done from Elul 1 to Rosh Hashanah, to the, during the days of awe, during the Yamim HaNoraim, to Yom Kippur, we've created these vessels of light with our mitzvot, with our repentance, with with our tzedakah, with our good deeds, our charity. So through teshuva, tefillah, and tzedakah, we've created more light, and now we get to enjoy it and embrace it and see it in the sukkah as, as we build it, although it's temporary, is a projection toward and a prophecy into the future, into the day of the Lord, into the messianic age where all nations will come together and celebrate Sukkot annually for the blessing of rain as well as to see the glory of Yeshua and Hashem. Thank you friends and just remember that Yeshua is Lord and King and that uh, when you believe in Him and you give your life to Him you attain eternal life and your faith will bring you salvation through Yeshua's sacrifice. We bless you, we encourage you, 
We hope you are inspired some way through this podcast. And may God bless you. Shalom. Thank you for joining Footsteps of the Messiah.